You're listening to the podcast of East River Park Christian Church. If you'd like to find out more information about the church or donate to this ministry, please visit us at eastriverpark.church. We pray that this is an encouragement to you as you grow in Christ through the local church. You ready? Nope. Yeah, I'll just do it. When you start drinking Diet Pepsi? I didn't drink, I drink Diet Pepsi. It's like the worst of the Diet Pepsi. Well, what kind of skill are you? Just, it tastes like grandma's house or something. Oh my. Okay. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you picked up on that by my no, no but I, I guess okay. not. All right. Hey everyone, welcome to another Behind the Message with Jason. And Chris. That was a pretty dialed back, Chris. Usually you peek the whole thing. Um, yep, Baker had some prior obligations, and I told him, I said, I'm not going to give you a hard time. Yeah. Uh, well, not you, Baker. I'll give, I'm sure I'll give you a hard time. I'm not going to give Baker a hard time. I said, yeah, not yet. You won't give him a hard time no. yet. No. I, I love that guy. Oh, my God. He, oh. He's got he's got to take, he's got obligations, but maybe we'll give him a hard time next week. Um. All right. Well, uh, we did something a little different on Sunday. Hopefully, I say it's a little different, but then you're also like, why? Like, why is that? That shouldn't be different, right? So we spent some extra time in prayer in the church service. Um, so staff had talked about like, how do we incorporate prayer more? This is just a random idea. Uh, once a month in the church service, we would cut the third song and have an intentional time of prayer during that time. So that's what we did. Um, how do you think that went? <laughs> I think it went well. Yeah. I mean, I, I participated in both services, so I wasn't really paying attention to what others were doing around me. But Yeah. I participated. You prayed. Chris <laughs> prayed. All right. Well, if it wasn't, if it, if you didn't like it, at least Chris got to pray. Yeah. No, I. that's what I thought. I was like, you know, for... And I, I think this is a problem in most, on most Sundays. You, you everyone's just so rushed. There's a, it's so difficult just to be here. Mm-hmm. And I know it shouldn't be, but that's the lives we all live. And um, sometimes it's very difficult just to get here, and then you're just right into the service. And yeah, we we do take time for communion every week, which I love, and confession, but just an extra built-in time to be like, why are we even here? Just to slow things down, to spend some time in meaningful prayer. Um, and I had been trying to like pray with people um, each Sunday anyway, so that mm-hmm. it was nice that it was almost built in. So I p- prayed with two different people in each service. Um, so... Yeah, I don't know. I've, for whatever crazy reason, have never been a part of a church that has ever done that. <laughs> um, now, our last church, which I think is would be good if we ever wanted to do it, our last church, like if there was um, something real serious, which we have done here, if there was something real serious, we're an emergency medical, yeah. we've um, pulled people aside after service to pray. And I think that's healthy and good. So, um, yeah, well... It was at least good enough to do it again. Yeah. We'll do it again in March. And um, so, yeah. Just, you know, Justin's preaching that Sunday. Hmm. Yeah. No, I didn't know that. 
I wonder if he knows that. <laughs> well, he's not going to hear it yeah. by listening to this. No, so. <laughs> I know that should be a requirement. That's, can we re- rewrite the church bylaws? <laughs> if you're an elder, um, well, we don't need the church approval. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think we do bylaws. We would we have to tell the church. I don't think this would ruffle any feathers. I think that all the elders have, have to, to listen. listen to the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. Other than Justin, I think he might vote vote no. Um, All right. Well, we started 1 John. Uh, Yeah, we did. We started 1 John, Blessed Assurance. Felt weird starting something different. Um, I did like it just because it wasn't a ton of verses. So I could just... And I guess neither was the giving series, but just helped zero in my focus. Uh, So who's John? That's a good question to start us off with. Uh, let's see. John is the son of Zebedee, uh, who's most likely the author of First John. Um, the style and the vocabulary match that of the Gospel of John. Yeah, uh, they're very similar. Um, John had a brother named James. They were called Jesus called them the sons of thunder. Yeah. Uh, John was among the first disciples Jesus called. He was a fisherman. And he was an eyewitness and was a part of Jesus' inner circle. It's a cool nickname. Son of Thunder. Yeah. yeah. For, you know, yeah. the son of God to call you. You sound like a gladiator. You ever watch gladiators growing up? American gladiators? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did I tell you I went and saw them at Rep Arena? No. Yeah, they were. Uh, that was like the heyday. It was. I think they did a reboot later. This was the original American gladiators. I remember they got my, they got me um, the, like the little colored pamphlet thing booklet when I walked in and uh, the, you know I forgot like laser blazer all their names yeah <laughs> and they had these spandex and I, the only thing I I really I wanted when they shot the tennis balls yeah well that was the main thing I wanted to see so. yep I remember that the sons of thunder it sounds like an American gladiator's <laughs> name but all right here nor there. It's not that wasn't a part of the message, but yes, no, it's it's true, and you can go back and look at even early church fathers um, affirmed John uh, as the author of of First John. So, do we want fellowship? We were only looking at verses one through four of chapter one. Do we want fellowship, uh, Jason? What is biblical fellowship? These are all going to be real quick answers <laughs> for some of these. So. Um, <laughs> I mentioned koinonia uh, in the Greek. Uh, This is my own definition, but hopefully it gets us headed in the right direction. Biblical fellowship is a unified sharing of faith in Christ as we walk through life together. Mm -hmm. So, as cliche as that might sound, um, sometimes, you know, things can be cliche if they're true. All right. Uh, That's good. Another one for you. How is the local church fellowship different than anything else? I'd say it's a, it's a physical gathering of people from all walks of life that have heard and responded to the gospel of Christ. Even at small group, um, you know, I, I appreciated Abigail mentioning this um, that, like, hey, we like we wouldn't all just hang out by default you know like we we just have we have we're from too many backgrounds too many variables like would we all just 
gather together for a small group outside of our faith in Christ. And so that's what makes it so unique. It's a physical gathering of people as a temple with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Um, this, so like this idea that you can't, you can be a Christian and not care about the physical gathering is an absolute denial of the Bible and historical Christianity. Like, again, of course, there's physical reasons that some can't um, physically gather in a church building setting. I get that. But from Genesis to Revelation, God's people are a physically gathered people. Um, that doesn't mean like our fellowship can't be enhanced by online communication. Right. But um, it's enhanced. That's not our fellowship. That's not our gathering. So, yeah, which I mentioned at small group, like we were very intentional and I still hold to this. Maybe I'll change my mind if the Apple Vision Pro becomes really cool, but um, or not $5,000. Um, but that we were, we were, we intentionally during COVID never said church is moving online or used online church. I just thought that's, that's an oxymoron. Like, uh, no, the church is a physical gathering of people. We put content online yep. and that's really good and helpful for people, but that's not church. So maybe I'll eat my words one day when we're all walking around and VR goggles. Wally. <laughs> Wally. <laughs> Zooming around in scooters. Um, all right. Do we want fellowship? Number one, then we must listen to the word. How was how John defending his apostleship? Uh, John is emphasizing the firsthand experience he had with Jesus. Uh, he heard, saw, and touched Jesus uh, during his earthly ministry. Uh, and John is conveying the authenticity and reliability of the message he is sharing about Jesus as the word of life. Yep. So was Paul an apostle? Yes. Did he meet all the criteria of an apostle? Not all the criteria that you... Well, what was the criteria again? Give it to me. He was... I had to... He had to... Um, I listened to it. He had to walk, day. like, follow Jesus during his earthly ministry... You had to be an eyewitness of his resurrection, and you had to be commissioned by Jesus. I guess two out of three is not bad, <laughs> right? Yeah, I'd have to go back and figure out, you know, the first one. But that's why Paul, we, we talked about this uh, this week, but that's why Paul is so adamant about defending why he is an apostle that he has the same weight and authority as like the apostle John. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I forgot the ref where that reference is, but like there's, they already don't trust this guy and rightfully right. so like, he, you're like, you're, I mean, you used to kill us and now you're going to say you're an apostle. Like, yeah, right, Paul. <laughs> so there is a lot of systematic things that he tries to, to do to defend like no i'm truly an apostle um and yeah i do think he is the apostle mm. paul but yeah it's just interesting discussion that i wasn't gonna muddy the waters with on sunday uh no it's for oh, you gosh again these are quick answers yeah. for me um 
I just mentioned this in my previous answer. So what is the word of life? Christ Jesus, the life is the eternal life that he brings. Good. Passes. Um, what happens when we listen to the word? Oh, I read this one. Uh, Hebrews 4.12 For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Uh, so there's like there's something supernatural happening as we read the Bible. It's not always this earth-shattering emotional experience, um, but something is happening that is promised from the Word. Uh, so practically, like we read the Bible even when it doesn't always make sense. Um, now, I think I'm just throwing my whole small group under the bus. Gordon brought up too, like the importance of having a translation that we understand. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not saying just keep reading the Bible and never get it. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, find find a translation. I recommended uh, the NL, the New Living Translation if you've never read the Bible or even if you just struggle to read, that it's not the most accurate, but it certainly will give you a, a helpful start. Um, the NIV and then uh, the ESV, the NASB is probably your most wooden sounding translation. Uh, but yeah, don't just read it to check it off a list and not even attempt to understand it. But um, read the Bible, even if you're like, I don't get all of that, but we're, we're still consuming God's word. Uh, and then read the Bible, even when you think you've got it figured out. It goes both ways. I think some people think, well, I already know about this story, or I know about the historical context that's going on here, so let me just skip over that. Or even um, the genealogies. It's mm -hmm. like, all right, well, that these are all, I don't know why they're there, or these are difficult to pronounce, so I'll just skip it. Don't. Just slowly read through it. Um, yeah. It's been helping me, like, the kid. Well, I told you we got those NIV Adventure Bibles for the kids for Christmas, mm -hmm. and so every night... Um, I'm reading through the Gospels with the boys. So I, I'm, we're in Matthew, and I just read, you know, several sections of Matthew each night. And it's been good for me, just that extra Bible reading. Then I go, I have to go to the other room, and Eliza's like, you know. So I, then I, this is my own selfish brain. I was like, well, I don't want to read Matthew again. We just, I did it like 30 seconds ago. So <laughs> we're reading through the book of Acts. Okay. So, um, yeah, but yeah, it's been good. So just just read the Bible. There's something supernatural happening in that, even if you don't have this crazy experience every time. So what was that? That was all point. All point. Uh, end of one. point one. Yes. All right. So do we want fellowship? Well, then we must see the power of the word. How did John witness the power of the word of life? Christopher Fortner. Oh my. You Am put I Christopher on Facebook. That's your Facebook? That's my name. No one in, Who calls you Christopher? My mom. Did you create a Facebook account for your mom? <laughs> no. 
That's my government name. Is That's my... <laughs> okay. Anyway. All right. Uh, answer your question. They heard the teachings of Jesus directly from Jesus. They uh, saw Jesus with their own eyes, witnessing his actions, miracles, and interactions with people. Uh, they touched Jesus with their hands. Uh, I mean, he's a real person. Um, but just to give you some examples that John was present for, as I mentioned before, he was one of the three closest disciples to Jesus. Uh, John prepared the place for the Last Supper. Uh, he witnessed when uh, Jesus raised um, Jairus' daughter from the dead. Uh, he was present for the transfiguration. Uh, he was present in the Garden of Gethsemane the night before the crucifixion. Um, so yeah, he was there. He saw it firsthand. Why do you think he still had the scars? In a glorified body. What? A resurrected Jesus. Why is he oh. still showing wounds? Hmm. I don't know. Um, so I guess so that they would know who he was, maybe? Yeah. There's. I mean, there's a ton of answers. I mean, obviously I've heard preachers, you know, try to emotionally uh, teach that. But I think it's... It is. It's kind of profound. Like here he is, resurrected Jesus, who has the ability just to walk into the right. like appear in the locked room. Still has the wounds for Thomas, and maybe as crazy as as it was, maybe it was just for Thomas. I don't know. Mm. Um, all right. Well, if anyone has a whole article about that. You can send it to Chris's new email account, Chris <laughs> at eastriverpark.church. That's his new elder email. Mm, thank you. You said, well, I'm not gonna, why do I check and no one's going to send me emails? Now That's not what a, I said. I asked if there was an email in there right now. There will be. And after this, when we're, when we're yeah, by the end of the week, <clears throat> flood his, his inbox with <laughs> elder questions. Why is the music too loud? Why is the carpet red? Why is it cold in the sanctuary? Is, that, is the carpet red one from you? Why is <laughs> like last week the sanctuary is f like frigid? <laughs> this week it was like, whew, we're cooking these Christians in here. Um, all right, anyway, we'll move on. All right, moving on. Uh, let's see. Back to you. How can we see the power of Christ without physically seeing Christ? Well, certainly a, a regenerated heart, but with that. Practically in our life, it's it's a shifting of desires. We should you see that in like your desires changing. Galatians five twenty four through twenty five, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So the, the power of Christ lives in us, and the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead also lives in us. So we're seeing the power of Christ, and and like the des our, our desires have changed. We're a new creation. We want um, good and righteous things that maybe we wouldn't have wanted before that had happened um, in our life. Um, yeah, I think that's 
that could be the most practical way that we begin to see it as your desires shift. If they don't shift, you really got to question if you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying you want to do the right thing all the time, but like right. your desire should still be righteousness and it should hurt when you choose not to. Well, hurt by hurt, I mean convicted by the Holy Spirit, which we'll talk about Sunday. Oh boy, I got another question. You do. Uh, what causes a church to lose its focus on lives being changed with the gospel? Well, what do you think? <laughs> That's in my look. I put. What do you think, Chris? It's <laughs> yeah. I typed out. <laughs> well, I did not prepare your answers, so hey, this is a church to lose. Don't its worry, focus. the Holy Spirit. There's. You know, don't worry about what you're going to say when Jason drags you into the synagogue. Uh, oh, what did I say, Darren? I remember what I said during small group. I don't remember. What did you say? I said when you start worrying uh, more about your... Uh, oh, what did I say? When you start worrying about, more about your programs and sharing the gospel. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. I would... You said something about programs, which is yeah. Good. When uh, what causes a church? Anything uh, that gets in front of the gospel would cause you to lose focus on the gospel. Yeah, I mean programs. Every church has programs, right? You put anything on a calendar with a date, time, you've called. I mean, it's a program. It, you programmed it. Yeah, and that's okay. But these are tools for ministry. They're not gods that we right. are like. That's our little thing. Um, which I yeah, churches do that. Like they can't they can't put something like some a program's not working, but because they lose it's become a god in that church. You've always done it. Yeah, then we can't then we can't kill it. Yep. So I'm like, well, well, what in our first my first year here, we remember we killed Sunday school. Sunday school, yeah. And <laughs> I, I I try to preface that a lot. Like Sunday school is great. Mm. I think it works great at a lot of churches. Uh, it just wasn't working here at East River Park for when we were doing it. And the elders, even before I got here, had really tried multiple different ways to do that. And it just wasn't flying. So, yeah, why do something that's not working? It's insanity. Yeah. All right. I'll give my answer I said in small group. Um, I, I, I think this is where it's really at. It's when leaders stop reading their Bible, praying and repenting of their own sin. So when that stops happening, leaders will turn inward to their desires, even desires for how they think the church should run, and it will be about leading an institution and not the Great Commission, which does go hand in hand with programs. And I think if, if you allow that to happen long enough, it just leaks to the rest of the congregation. Um, so that's why we take it very seriously, uh, calling staff, elders, deacons, ministry leaders uh, to pursue Christ. If, if you're not doing that, if you're not reading your Bible, you're not praying, you're not repenting of your own sin, then you need to repent or you need to step down from leadership. Uh, that doesn't mean we don't have hard seasons. That doesn't mean we don't have, we can't have dry seasons. But like, if you have no desire to read your Bible, 
pray, repent of your own individual sins, we shouldn't be in any leadership position. Um, Because that's exactly what will happen to East River Park. We'll just lose sight of what we're even doing here. Um, So, yeah. All right, three. Then we must proclaim the word. Uh, Why must a church church teach the full counsel of the word? Just making words. Turd? Turd or dirch? Turch. Turch. All right. Uh, Well, I'd say because... One many don't don't and won't. Hmm. Um, yeah. I shared this that we like we want modern day false prophets that tell us what we want to hear, and that everything's going to be fine when there's no promise that there is. Read your Old Testament. That's exactly what the false prophets did, and the kings would go looking for someone to tell them exactly what they wanted to hear. And that everything's going to be fine. And it's not. So, um, well, it might. But it's, you know, we're not going to give assurance where there's not blessed assurance. Ooh. Boom. Um, Full circle. But, yeah. and Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I like that question. Only because there's a lot of, like... Church. Most churches would say we teach the full counsel of the word, and yet, what they really and that's what they say. But in practice, it's more like we teach the full counsel of our politics mm. and uh, self help or emotions, and we back that up with the full counsel of the word, rather than. What what I mean is, no, we're going to teach through the Word and let the Word speak for itself. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah, if I if I teach anything on a Sunday, it better be like, no, that's that's what John meant when he wrote First John one, uh, one through four. If John didn't mean that, then what I shouldn't be saying. Well, he actually meant this to yeah. defend whatever I wanted. Um, and I'm not saying I do that perfectly, but that's that's the goal. That's the goal for a church that needs to teach the full counsel of the word. So with that being said, yep. what does it mean to proclaim the word to each other? Uh, proclaiming the word to each other refers to the act of sharing, declaring uh, the teachings, truths, and message uh, of the Bible within, within your community of believers. Um, we should be promoting... A sense of unity and mutual support and spiritual growth within our community of believers. And we, basically, we should be doing life together. Um, and you can do this via small groups, Bible studies, mentoring. Meaning that you should be you should be seeing the people from your church more than on Sunday. Yeah. During service. Yeah. Or at least have communication. Yeah. With them. Yeah. Yeah. It's a better way. Yeah. Better way to say that. That's good. Uh, Mr. Payne. How often should we be exhorting one another, and what does that practically look like? All right. Well, I'm going to give very similar answers. Um, for the first part, we should be exhorting one another every day. Um, that that's what I think we miss uh, when people say, "Like, well, I don't have to be, at, I don't have to go to church every Sunday to be a Christian." And I'm like, "You're right. You don't. You don't need church every Sunday. You need." the the ecclesia like you need the church every single day you like you don't realize 
like how much you need it. So yeah, we that that exhorting one another and let me I guess let me go through what that could look like. Um, but you shouldn't, as you mentioned, you should have regular communication with believers in this local church. Um, the primary way that we do that is small groups and to some extent study groups. Um, that That's not the only way, for sure. So if you've got community outside of that from solid believers in this local church, cool. Like, mm. there's nothing wrong with that. But it's just our primary way. Um, practically, what's all this look like? I say, well, we can't. We can't control other people. We can control ourselves. Meaning like we shouldn't hear this through the the lens of that doesn't make sense. Or see this through the lens of of like how will other people exhort me? Mm-hmm. That's not what any of the New Testament's talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. It's how are we exhorting one another every day. Yeah. And and when that happens, when you have that kind of fellowship, you end up also being encouraged. So how, what does this practically look like? Well, make it a point to join a group. That's the easiest. We have small groups for a small time there. Uh, we had... We didn't have a lot of small groups, and then we had some more small groups, and then they were all full. That wasn't great. Now we've got more small groups that aren't full. So join a small group. Uh, Make it a point to invite someone to eat, whether at your house or somewhere. I mean, we're going tonight. We're going over uh, to a church family's house to eat. Now I realize... Well, you're the preacher. I'm like, what is it? I mean, I get that, but I'm like... if I if like you someone else would benefit that from that in the same way I'm going to benefit from right. that so there's no excuse um, you're gonna eat anyways right it's not like well the preacher eats and I don't so make it a uh, make it a point to text someone every week mm-hmm. um, I guess I, they didn't give me permission but people will do that to me there's a guy in our church that texts me every single Monday uh, how can I pray for you. And that's, I would assume that's something he's committed, and he, I think he does that to several guys. He texts them, how can I pray for you? It's a great way to have this exhorting one another. Um, make it a point to call others in this church. I, that's a good one in the sense that this church has plenty of widows mm-hmm. and widowers that would love a phone call each week. And we try, the elders try, the prayer team tries, the deacons try. Uh, and I'm sure it's not enough. So if you're like, well, I don't know how to exhort one another, I'll give you a list of, of people to call. Like You can call. That, that's how you can get involved. Yeah. Um, so the other one is more like how would, how would you get that exhortation? And this is for me. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts yep. and listen to solid biblical preaching and read um encouraging books that challenge or grow my faith like you gotta i mean it's this it's 2024 i mean how can you not in america not have access to encourage yourself every single day is <laughs> there's no excuse but we need it i need it i mm-hmm. i have seen how much when i don't do it how much 
it hurts me. Um, so, all right. Oh. This is it. All right. The last one. All right, I got another one. You got one. Here it is. How can we continue to fellowship with the church if we've been wounded by the church in the past? All right. I have a list. One, make sure our wounds aren't from a hard heart. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's your first one. And how you do that, uh, you need to be reading the word, praying, and talking to several people, godly people that know the Bible, that aren't afraid to tell you the truth. And if they're all telling you the same thing, and you're like, well, you all are all wrong, I'm like, guess who has a hard heart? <laughs> so, first, make sure your wounds are not from a hard heart. Um, another one is make sure your wounds are not from unrealistic expectations. Mm-hmm. That's um, something that was mentioned at small group. And I, um, yes, that, that can have to do with like, I don't think anyone's wounded because they don't like how we do things at church. Um, necessarily, but maybe unrealistic expectations that I've seen over the years is like someone that you really look up to and you get to know them and you're like, oh, <laughs> no, they're not as Jesus-y as I thought they were. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that doesn't mean that leaders and people uh, shouldn't be above reproach, but I mean, I told our small group, like, they're if you if you only knew me on Sunday morning in the pulpit, like you would have a version of what you think I am, yeah. uh, how you think I run and talk and live my life. Now, that doesn't mean I need to be a completely different person outside of the pulpit, but you get to see more of Jason when you're in small group, and there's you're gonna see all the imperfections of that. Or I could see Jenny looking at me like because she's served. Uh, as our children's director for a while now and Jenny was you know this Jenny was the one that the first person to call me from this church um, in the interview process and at this point yeah she knows my weaknesses like she <laughs> she knows I'm not as perfect as um, you know and as polished I guess if you just knew 30 minute pulpit Jason so yeah. Um, but that can, if people have that expectation, they can be wounded by that. So I'm not saying that I shouldn't live with integrity and like, you're like, well, he's, you know, he's a like sinful loser over here, but he's fine. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, I guess that's why I said unrealistic expectations. Um, the important one, I think I prayed this in the second service, but we need to release those wounds in Mm -hmm. prayer. Um, we need to forgive and, and that doesn't mean we, we reconcile with every time with someone that's, that's even abused us or hurt us, but the, those wounds need to be released to the Lord in prayer so we can move on. Um, get counseling for those wounds if needed, especially if there's abuse involved that's happened in the church. Um, demand transparency out of mm-hmm. church leadership moving forward. Like, don't put up with churches that aren't going to be transparent. Um, I hope at this point, East River Park, we're, I mean, an open book 
There's literally nothing we will show. And I tell people, we will show you every dime. The only thing that we will not explain or show is how we break down our church salaries. Now, you can see the full amount. You can see every dime that we pay the church staff, but we don't show you how that's divided out because, well, one, your own job doesn't do that. And two, um, people aren't people want to know that because they want to make value calls on who should be paid what, and that's not their decision. That's the elders. Um, so, yeah. That's that. I mean, I'm just unashamed to say that's the only mm-hmm. thing. But we're an open book. You can look, ask. You can. I mean, no one cares. I mean, Rick. Rick cares, but he's the treasurer, so he already knows. <laughs> so, for, <laughs> but you can see every penny that this church spends. Um, yeah, but demand it. Demand transparency, and then learn to trust again with the help of the Holy Spirit. That that might take a while, but. Um, it's you got to just say like I'll never trust again is not is not good. So learn to trust again with the help of the Holy Spirit. The Word of Life it's the source of our fellowship. Yeah. That's main point. Main point. The first week of how many weeks? I don't. I'd have to look at my spreadsheet. I don't know how many weeks I planned for this one. Well, I'll say it in the the podcast. I haven't said it to the church yet. Mm-mm. This will go up all the way till I take my sabbatical. Oh. Yeah. So. Okay. I'm going on to year five of East River Park. Uh, Chris is thrilled that I have a sabbatical. <laughs> I'm just joking, man. Um, but, uh, no. So, I guess, when, is it the end of May? May? End of May okay. is when I'll start that sabbatical. So, yeah, this series will go up to that. The week before. And guess who, to my knowledge, has affirmed, confirmed to speak, to be the grand finale of my time away at sabbatical. Is it D-Rock? D-Rock. Derek Woodward said Mm -hmm. that he would would, uh, preach, so hopefully that will work out. All right, well, just work with me here, Chris. We have well, to this ask, is a legit question. We, ha- we, do have, legit. we do have to ask this question because we, whenever ever we have a big sports thing coming up, pick who's going to win the Super Bowl. You ready? I'm ready. 49ers. Are you? Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm not a fan. You know, I don't follow anybody. I don't right. have a team that I cheer for. I would be happy if either team won. I would, I, I'm fine with that. But I just think, I think it's going to be the 49ers. Sound like my mom answering that question. Sorry. I just don't want to see anyone sad. <laughs> no, not that. I just you don't have anything against. Right, I don't have anything against either fair. team. I, that's fair. No, not that I don't. I mean, you know, one of them's got to lose. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Forty yeah, ers All right. That's what my prediction is. All right. You ready for mine? Let's hear it. Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, look, I'm a I'm a Swift I'm a Taylor Swift fan. I support her. I look. I'm hopefully no one's listening to this anymore. But they're they're cutting this off. I'm sure, or they certainly haven't even made it this far. Um, 
Yeah. I'm not promoting her as like, hey, young ladies, look at this mm. godly woman to look at. I'm not saying that. I just, I don't like all the Taylor Swift hate. Um, so here's my, but here's my real answer. Okay. I want the 49ers to win. I want the under, I told Eliza, the kids the other day, we were talking about the Super Bowl. I said, we want the underdog to win. You think they're the underdog? Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. With their quarterback, he's, dude, he looks like he just graduated high school. <laughs> and then, well, so does Patrick Mahomes, but Patrick's proven. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess yeah they're an underdog in that sense. sense, for sure. I don't think they're like like a not talented team it, it's just yeah i'd say underdog in the sense that this is patrick mahomes like so yep. i say 49ers but my real pick is i i do i think the chiefs will pull it off and then think- the rumor is at the end of the game travis kelsey and taylor swift are going to get on the field and endorse joe biden <laughs> I saw that. Uh, saw that online. <laughs> yeah, what a world, man! I do hope it's a good game. I mean, I hope it's not like a one-sided. I think it certainly has potential to be an evenly a, matched yeah. good game, but who knows? Who knows? All right, you want to pray? I guess I will. So right. I, I said that on Sunday. So he said he did, and then uh, Jenny. I said, "Well, I'll pray." And Jenny, well, I was going to say that, that Jenny prayed. So you're up. Go All right. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for this time that we can uh, gather together and uh, just jump uh, deeper into your word, um, get to know you more and more, Lord God. Uh, please continue to uh, guide us and uh, be our refuge and our lighthouse. And we are so very thankful for you and your son that he uh, bore our sins um, that and died uh, a sinner's death and in our place that where we couldn't, uh, we couldn't even do that, Lord God. Uh, but we're so very thankful for Jesus and uh, thankful for this church. And uh, we pray that you continue to bless us and uh, help us to do your will and to spread your message uh, to, to everyone that we meet and we know and uh, to the ends of the world. And it's in your son Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen.